0: CHAPTER ONE Numbness slowly seeps through my body. I can't move, can't think, can't bear to pull my eyes from the mangled car on the track. If I look anywhere else, then this will all be real. The helicopter flying overhead will really be carrying the broken body of the man I love. The man I need. The man I can't lose. I close my eyes and just listen, but I can't hear anything... The only thing in my ears is the thumping of my pulse. The only thing besides the blackness that my eyes see, that my heart feels, is the splintered images in my mind. Max melting into Colton and then Colton fading back to Max. Memories that cause the hope I'm grasping like a lifeline to flicker and flame before dying out. Like the darkness smothering the light in my soul. I erase you, Riles. His voice so strong and unwavering fills my head and then dissipates, glittering through my mind like ticker tape. I double over, willing the strangling tears to come or a spark to fire within me, but nothing happens, just lead dropping through my soul and weighing me down. I force myself to breathe while I try to fool my mind into believing the past 22 minutes never happened, that the car never cartwheeled and pirouetted through the smoke-filled air. "'that the metal of the car wasn't cut apart by somber-faced medics "'to extricate Colton's lifeless body. "'We never made love,' the single thought flits through my head. "'We never had the chance to race "'after he finally told me the words I'd needed to hear "'and that he'd finally accepted, admitted to, and felt for himself. "'I just want to rewind time and go back to the suite "'when we were wrapped in each other's arms, when we were connected,' overdressed and underdressed, but the horrific sights of the mangled car won't allow it. They have scarred my memory so horribly for a second time that it's not possible for my hope to escape unscathed. Rye, I'm not doing too good here,' they're Max's words seeping into my mind, but it's Colton's voice. It's Colton warning me of what's to come, what I've already lived through once in my life.' Oh God, please no. Please no. My heart rings. My resolve falters. Images filter in slow motion. Riley, I need you to concentrate. Look at me. Max's words again. I start to sag, my body giving out like my hope, but arms close around me and give me a shake. Look at me. No, not Max. Not Colton. It's Bex. I find it within myself to focus and meet his eyes, pools of blue fringed with the sudden appearance of lines at their corners. I see fear in them. We need to go to the hospital now, okay? His voice is gentle yet stern. He seems to think that if he talks to me like a child, I won't shatter into the million pieces my soul is already broken into. I can't swallow the sand in my throat to speak, so he gives me another shake. I've been robbed of every emotion but fear. I nod my head but don't make any other movement. It's utterly silent. There are tens of thousands of people in the grandstands around us, and yet no one is talking. Their eyes are focused on the cleanup crew and what's left of the numerous cars on the track. I strain to hear a sound, to sense a sign of life. Nothing but absolute silence. I feel Beck's arm go around me, supporting me as he directs us out of the tower on pit row, down the steps and toward the open door of a waiting van. He pushes gently on my backside to urge me in like I'm a child. Beckett scoots in next to me on the seat and pushes my purse and my cell phone into my hands as he fastens his own belt and then says, Go. The van revs forward, jostling me as it clears the infield. I look out as we start to descend down the tunnel, and all I see are Indy cars scattered over the track completely motionless, colorful headstones in a quiet graveyard of asphalt. Crash, crash, burn. The lyrics of the song float from the speakers and into the lethal silence of the van. My blank mind slowly processes them. Turn it off, I shout with panicked composure, as my hands fist and teeth grit as the words embed themselves into the reality I'm unsuccessfully trying to block out. Hysteria surfaces. Xander, I whisper. Xander has a dentist appointment on Tuesday. Ricky needs new cleats. Aiden has tutoring starting on Thursday. And Jax didn't put it on the calendar. I look up to find Beckett's eyes, trained on mine. In my periphery, I notice some of the other crew seated behind us, but don't.